Hi there, it's Chris Franchese. And Ashley Roman Franchese. And we are back with another Latin Poetry Podcast. Uh, today we have some Beast Epic for you. What the heck is Beast Epic? It's basically a medieval type of an epic poem where instead of normal human characters or in addition to normal human characters, you have animals who are your main characters. It's kind of a way to satirize what was going on in the world then without having to make fun of other people. Instead, you can make fun of a dog or an otter. So sort of like a satirical fable, would you call it? But not for small children. No. This no. one in particular is really not appropriate. This passage is fine, but the, the epic itself is not a good one for small children. So would you describe it as like a, a kind of Tom and Jerry situation with uh, with the fox and the wolf? Yes, it's here? it's pretty Tom and Jerry-ish, but you might need to like kick it up a notch to itchy and scratchy for my <laughs> right. Simpsons fans. Right. It's, right. Uh, it's violent. pretty seriously. The wolf gets flayed at one point. Again, <laughs> not in this passage and eaten alive by pigs. Like it's it's what? pretty violent. Yeah, what, like mafia style? Yeah, mafia style. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's rough. All right, so so this work is entitled Esengrimus, Y-S-E-N-G-R-I-M-U-S, Esengrimus. So who is Esengrimus? Esengrimus is the main character who is a wolf, and he's kind of a symbol of gluttony, and he's also a monk. And apparently oh. his gluttony got a lot worse after so he was became like a monk. cross between a wolf and Friar Tuck, kind of like? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, and then the fox is the other main character. Yes, Reynard, who is the uh, the kind of sample for a clever fox for all of literature. Is it all right. comes from this particular fox, Reynard? Right, so he's a folk folk character. He uh, is, but put into Latin uh, elegiac couplets. I see this as an elegiac couplets, not hexameter, which you it is. For an epic. It is. Uh, what's the date of this thing? It is. Uh, it was written between 1146 and 1149. Ah, okay, so so high Middle Ages, definitely, and, um, and some pretty cool Latin. Uh, so what I thought we'd do is hear your well. First, tell us what's the, exactly is going to go on in this in this particular passage. Okay, so in this particular passage, I picked it because it shows you that the poet is obviously a very great reader of Ovid because mm. it is a chase scene much akin to, you know, Apollo and Daphne or Zeus and Io, except... <laughs> except with the itchy and scratchy. Yeah, right. except it's basically itchy and scratchy right. instead of being romantic at right. all. So the two main characters who hate each other, the fox, uh, Reynard, and the wolf, Esengrimus, decide that they are going to steal some bacon from a peasant who's wa- walking along the road. So right, and we get the actual Latin word for bacon in this we too. We right? do. Baco baconis. Baco baconis. Appears in the Latin. We use it every day. And so basically, nice third declension. So what happens is that the wolf, who is, again, the hungrier of the two, decides that while the fox distracts the peasant, he is going to steal the bacon and run off into a woods where they will have a rendezvous spot where eventually they will share the bacon with each other. Right. What could possibly go right, wrong? Right. right. And, and this passage is, is, like you say, very labyrinthine. And I think the Latin really uh, shows that. It's, it does. It's kind of confusing, actually, and ornate and sort of baroque, the description of the fox uh, running around in circles around the uh, poor peasant whose bacon has been stolen. So why don't you go ahead and read the, read the English and then I will read the Latin. Perfect. Reynard has deceived the hunter with his unusual cunning, but the wolf, having stolen the bacon, has headed for a grove. Clever Reynard, 
zigzagging on a wandering, circuitous path, irritates and mocks the peasant. For now, he makes chains with interwoven loops like the triplicate spirals of a coiled serpent. And now, veering off the path, he heads first this way than that. He goes neither backward nor forward as he wears down little paths in the dirt, but never arrives at the place you believed he was going. With the skill of Daedalus, the trickster weaves chaos. For a quick moment, he changes the anticipated course. He runs ahead and aside for a long time, before retreating back for a bit. Now he darts aside, first over here, then over there, and runs forward, then back, and now orchestrates some sort of a circle. The peasant doesn't know where to look as the fox weaves a baffling course, making him uncertain where to seek him. Then stealthily that fox jumps between the peasant's ridiculous legs, and for a long while he hops along behind the back of the man who thinks he's driven him ahead. So they exchanged roles. The one who had fled now was following, and the one who had been the pursuer was now playing the role of the pursued. Right, okay, so I should make clear that that was Ashley's translation, and um, we're using the edition of Esanguinous by Jill Mann from the wonderful series uh, published by the Dumbarton Oaks Medieval Library. Yeah, get you to Dumbarton Oaks if yeah. you're looking for some med- medieval texts. Yeah, really fun stuff there. All right, so uh, this is book one of Esanguinous, and uh, lines 269 through 288. Reynardus solito venantem decipit astu. Ap lupus a repto lustra bacone petit. Reynardus varia spatians ambage meandi, calidus irritat ludificatque rudem. Nam nunc multifido spirans curvamine tricans anguis compliciti vincula casa notat. Nunc oblicus ad hanc partemque incedit ad illam. Non redit ad prodit lin, lineolas que terit. Sed numquam venturus eo quo creditur isse. Daedalia fallax implicat arte chaos. Ancipites tricas tenui discriminat hora longius oblongans ante parunque retro. Nunc illuc obliquat et huc proditque reditque. Nunc aliquo giros ordinat orbe breves. Ignorante viro per tot diludia cursus tricantem dubios Certius unde petat. Ille fluit, furtim, lusa intercrura, duque atergo saliens ante putatur agi. Transposuere vices, qui fugerat, ille sequentes, quique sequens fugerat, par fugientes habet. All right, so... So when, when you and I were preparing for this, it was not easy Latin to translate. Right? No, it's very hard Latin. What's, what's uh, hard about it? Uh, it's chock-a-block full of ablatives absolute, and a lot of the there's a lot of 
word order that's very unexpected because it meanders and weaves and bounces from side to side in the same way that the fox's path does. Mm -hmm. And the vocabulary is pretty much classical, but there's some pretty rare words too, like lineolas. Yeah, what yeah. What was that? Uh, it's the little paths that he's tarotting, that he's making uh, in the dirt. Right, and I had trouble with um, this line, uh, anguis complicity vincula casa notat. What was the casa there? The, he... it's, uh, it's, it's modifying the vincula, so it's the shape of the chains. Yeah, casa with, with two S's. Mm-hmm. Um, hadn't seen that much. And, um, and right. it's like the it's basically like the shape that a uh, serpent makes when he's all wrapped up in himself. Right, right. So you can imagine, you know, people sort of ha- you have him rolling in the aisles, you know, kind of making fun of the poor hapless peasant with his rid- why are his ridiculous legs. Why are his legs I don't, ridiculous? I like I to picture him being really ridiculously tall, like yeah. Ichabod Crane style, okay. and yeah. he just like runs through his legs. But I guess he could have short, squat, little bandy legs too. Yeah. yeah. Right. The other part I love is uh, where they call him a rudem. Yeah. He's basically like a rube. A rube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, fun. All right. That's a that's a really cool passage, and uh, we recommend the rest of this work. It does get very uh, contemporary, right? At, at times, this is yeah very kind of cartoonish, but a lot of it is satire against lazy, gluttonous monks and, yeah. and clerics. Yeah. The church comes into it a whole lot. Yeah, it's also like laugh out loud funny at yeah. parts. Sangramus himself is often talking in um, sort of like parables. Uh-huh. And so because he's a monk and he says these things that are very difficult in Latin, but once you figure out what they are, it's almost like he speaks in samplers that you'd have hanging on your wall. Huh. Are they like riddles? and No, um... not really riddles so much as like, you know, like, a house is not a home without a hungry wolf in it or something like funny <laughs> yeah. like that. Weird. It is really strange. All right. Well, I uh, hope we've given you something to think about today and uh, we'll be back next time. Oh, we, we need to thank our sponsor for this episode, uh, which is the Abbot of Absolute. Yes. Without which this passage would not be possible. Excellent. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.